I'm Josh Escobedo with Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Scott Hervey with Weintraub Tobin. Welcome to another installment of The Briefing by the IP Loblaw. Josh, let's talk about the fairly recent AdWord infringement action filed by 1-800-CONTACTS against Warbly Parker, who recently moved into the online contact sales industry. Sure, let's get into it. As you said, 1-800-CONTACTS recently sued Warby Parker for trademark infringement and deceptive advertising practices. While I'm sure almost everyone is familiar with 1-800-CONTACTS, the same may not be true for Warby Parker, although Warby Parker has grown significantly over the last decade. Uh, Warby Parker has been in business since 2010, and they opened up as an online retailer of eyeglasses, providing high-quality glasses for a reasonable price. Since then, they've opened up some brick-and-mortar locations, but I think the bulk of their sales is still comes through e-commerce. In any event, they apparently moved into 1-800-CONTACTS Arena when they started selling contacts on their website as well. But 1-800-CONTACTS isn't too fond of the competition, and they've claimed that Warby Parker has devised a plan to confuse consumers instead of developing its own brand awareness related to the online sale of contacts. Isn't that right, Josh? That's right. Specifically, 1-800-CONTACTS alleges that Warby Parker has committed trademark infringement and engaged in deceptive advertising by bidding on 1-800-CONTACTS trademarks as search engine keywords that generate Warby Parker advertisements. Sometimes this is referred to as AdWords or Google AdWords. Um, And making matters worse, 1-800-CONTACTS alleges that Warby Parker's sponsored ads take consumers to a web page that allegedly mimics the look and feel of 1-800-CONTACTS website, including through use of a confusingly similar color scheme, layout, and discount offering, along with other imagery that allegedly invoke evokes the 1-800-CONTACTS website. If 1-800-CONTACTS is able to establish those allegations, this could be problematic for Warby Parker. The use of a trademark in the AdWord context has been heavily litigated over the last decade as e-commerce has continued to grow. Essentially, if a competitor uses a third party's registered trademark as an AdWord and it creates consumer confusion, it could be deemed to constitute trademark infringement. Interestingly enough, however, there are cases in the Second Circuit, which is where this case was filed, which find that a particular use of an ad word is not use in commerce for the purpose of the Lanham Act and therefore cannot constitute trademark infringement. There are other cases in the Second Circuit to the contrary, though. That's right, Scott. So that's an issue that 1-800-CONTACTS will have to deal with. But if they are able to do so, What do you think about the allegations that Warby Parker essentially copied 1-800-CONTACTS website to create greater confusion? That's interesting. That could be kind of like a trade dress case almost. If it's true, it could be problematic for Warby Parker. While it wouldn't be dispositive when the district court applies the Polaroid factors, which are used to determine likelihood of confusion, it will likely find that Warby Parker unintentionally or intentionally engaged in this activity in order to create consumer confusion. And this could weigh heavily in favor of or against a finding of infringement, depending upon what the court finds. I agree, that's true. But I'm always reluctant to believe that the pages are all that similar. I've seen way too many complaints that allege that the other party's website is identical to the plaintiff's 
only to view the websites for myself and see two very different websites. Right. And remember, there's the issue of functionality that has to get filtered out when you're looking at a trade dress claim. But again, that's just the nature of advocacy to some extent. That's true. And we'll have to keep an eye on this case to see how it plays out. Needless to say, it's caught my eye. Well, Josh, thanks for making things clear here. (laughs) Thanks, Scott. I hope you enjoyed this installment of the briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe to both our podcast and our YouTube channel. And if you're looking for additional content, please visit our blog at the IPLawBlog.com.